This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here today after one of the least eventful weeks in Derby County's history. Uh, literally nothing has happened. Um, so we've got a couple of topics to talk about today, which hopefully will make it a little bit more exciting. Joining me today for hopefully a, a good episode is first off, Jamie Page. How are you, Jamie? I'm good, Jake. <clears throat> Sorry. No news is good news, I guess. Right. I guess so. I've just realised, I say we've had no news. Christian Bielik left, but I guess that is pretty much no news, isn't it? Because uh, we always knew that was going to happen. Uh, and we've also got Adam Titley. How are you, pal? I'm good, mate. Um, pretty slow week, wasn't it? Pretty slow week. It was. It was. And it'll be even slower when everyone hits their tweet limit uh, and can't see any of the updates. So, yeah, hopefully if Derby announce a player, they announce it early in the morning so everyone can see it, which would be nice. Uh, but we've got one really big topic to talk about today. Uh, so last week was the one-year anniversary of David Klaus taking charge of Derby. Um, obviously, amazing day. Um, I remember just being sat downstairs with my family. And when the news got announced, I pretty much burst into tears. And then got an incredibly badly timed text from Radio Derby saying, can you come on and talk right now? <laughs> And there was me just trying to get my words out on, on live radio, which it was nice, but I was a bit like, ah, I don't want to cry on the radio. Um, but no, it was great. Um, I guess to start it off, uh, JB, talk about your emotions from that day. To be honest, it's hard to, to think back. I know I knew, know where I was, um, but I think it was just a, a real blur. I, I spent the... I guess the months before thinking, hoping that something would get over the line and it didn't. And then all of a sudden, David Klaus, who, you know, we'd only heard maybe the week or two before that who who he was. Obviously, I'm not from Derby area, so I didn't know anything about Klaus developments or anything like that. So, yeah, it was it was just a, a day that was just a complete blur in, in my mind. But, you know, a year on listening to the Radio Derby interview with with David Klaus and, and talking through, you know, his version of events and just how far we've come in a year is is miraculous, really. Um, we are so lucky to to have a club and and to be able to to go and watch the, the players and, and, and watch the club in the future, I think it's going to be, a, you know, an amazing thing. So I don't think we'll ever, ever take it for granted again. 
Um, there's probably previous seasons where we've been in the playoffs and thinking where on earth, you know, why on earth are we in the playoffs? We should be winning this league. And I think it actually gave a lot of fans a, a bit of a wake up call, but yeah, an amazing, an amazing year with Klaus at the helm. And I honestly wouldn't want anyone else in that seat at the moment. I think he's a, he's a breath of fresh air and he's a, a very likable man. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. Um, and before we get onto the changes that he's made since he's he's gone in charge, uh, Adam, what were your thoughts and feelings the day it got announced? Relief, more than anything. I think, to be honest, relief that we'd be going again next season and for the foreseeable future, it was a real possibility we wouldn't be around. So then when Davy Klaus stepped up and, and took over the role, um, it was superb to hear, really. And um, obviously with the latest interview coming out that, Mel Morris is no longer involved at all. That was made pretty clear during the interview. That is, it's just great to hear, really, isn't it? It was a lot of relief when it was first said, and for David Klaus to step up, a fan to come in. It's just really what you want as a fan at that moment in time, isn't it? Someone who knows the club, someone who's also business minded with his own property development company, and just came in, steadied the ship, and like Jamie said, quite thankful that he did come in. I think. I agree with Jamie. It did give a lot of fans, not a reality check in my eyes, but almost just more enjoying of the moments that we have with Derby County rather than thinking about the next big step forward, more enjoying it in the moment. And I think I think that's just great. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, and I think what I like about Klaus the most is how assured he is. You know, you know when he says things, every word that he says is true. Um, and I don't think the same can be said for previous owners that we've had. Um, so it's nice. And as you said there, you know, before, I guess, COVID and all of this stuff kicked off, I'd go to every home game. But away games, I'd be sort of like, you know, I'll go occasionally. I'll go to the big ones and stuff like that. Now I'm desperate to go to every single home game, every single away game. I think it's it's reawoken the passion in a lot of fans that maybe had gone for a few years under Mel's stewardship. So, yeah, very, very good stuff. And before we move on, we've got a, a nice comment from Derby County Fan 32 says up the Rams. Spot on, mate. <laughs> Spot on. But just to go on to the changes that David Klaus has made, so I've got a pr- pretty decent list in front of me. Um, he's changed pretty much every member of staff involved with the first team, and that's including all the players too. I think who, who's left from before that wasn't a youth player, I think it's pretty much just Craig Forsyth, isn't it? Um, every other player's changed, all the staff have changed, the managers change, out with the old, in with the new, the old guard had gone. Uh, JB, how have you found sort of the changing culture at the club since David Klaus came in? Well, it needed it, didn't it? I think that's the most important thing to say. He needed to have a, a fresh stamp on this club. And, and actually, it's probably been needed for 10, 15, some people would probably say 20 years. So it needed, it was needed to be done. I think that... Uh, it's probably gone a little bit deeper than I than I thought it would. In all honesty, you know, we're looking at some people um, moving on from the club that have been around for 10, 15 years, or whatever that may be. You know, Darren Wassell, a prime example. So it is very much turning of a new page. Um, and I, like I say, I think that, that that was that was kind of needed. I think we've made good signings on the pitch, off the pitch. You look at our head of recruitment, academy manager. They come in with good CVs, good profiles. They are people that are going to take the club on. And I think when we talk about the academy now, 
you know, we know how good our academy can be and has been previously. And I was quite relieved to, to you know, hear how important it was to David Klaus to keep that that status that we had. And I think over the next five, six, seven years, or, or maybe even sooner than that, we will start seeing players come through from the academy again. And I can't wait for that because I think, you know, we love players that come through and we sign players, I think, to Chris Martin that we signed on a free and, and how much we enjoyed him. But I don't think there's anything better than having a player come through the academy and get the first, get into the first team. You know, your likes of Max Burge, your Will Hughes, your Louis Sibley's. For me, that just means a little bit more. So I'm really hoping to to see that over the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think on the whole, surprised at the level of um, of changes that he's made. But I support every single one, in all honesty, and and every everything that he's done it makes complete business sense and and for me that's that's the way that we need to move forward as a as a football club exactly exactly and and adam something jamie touched on there we've changed both our head of recruitment and our academy manager so basically our head of youth development there are two roles which are massive, you know, buying players for the first team or identifying players for the first team and also identifying players for the youth teams too. You know, we've talked about a culture shift at the club. Um, we know how we operated before under the likes of, of Darren Wassell. And do you think we'll be working differently now? Do you think things will change a lot? I know Jamie said there things will change for the better. Do you really believe that? Yeah, I think with the change in recruitment and the change in the academy, I think the academy was doing so well at producing players. At some point, it was going to take a hit, and that hit came during the administration with the fire sale of players. And I think now it's going to be three to five years before we see a top player come through. Another Will Hughes, if you like. You can almost touch another Will Hughes, another Max Bird, something like that, a player that steps into the first team and, and can comfortably hold down their position. But I think that's all part of an academy project and an academy setup. I think if you're constantly churning out players that are going to perform in your first team, the only clubs that could probably do that are probably the top six in the Premier League comfortably with the money that they have behind them. And I think I think it's good and important that David Klaus understands that. I think as a fan, the academy is probably the only thing that you see maybe your money going to. And it's something that's why you, you value the academy players coming through so much because you've almost contributed to them yourselves as much as you can. So I think we are going to see a change through the way that David Klaus runs things at Derby. How long he's here for into the future, that's another question to be asked on another day. But I think we will see a change in terms of recruitment. I think at the moment we're mainly going for a lot of short-term options to get us up and out of the division which i think is great i think that's what we need to do at the moment we're not we're not going to be spending big money on getting players in that are going to perform for us in the championship because we're not there yet i think we do sometimes have to look at the shirts at short-term goals i think sometimes in the past we've looked at the long-term goals too much and forgotten what we're pushing for at the time that is a really great point. Um, and yeah, that's something, to be honest, as you were speaking, that was something I was thinking about too. Um, you know, we spent a long time trying to bring players through. I know uh, Mel Morris had this thing about having 50% academy, 50% brought in, um, which is pretty insane. I mean, I know it literally happened, but it only happened because of the circumstances he created, uh, which is quite ironic. But yeah, I think bringing in players at the minute that, you know, can do the job, 
can get us up and then we can look for the future. Because when you think about it and without sounding big headed, a, a team like Derby, we sh- it's not we shouldn't be in this division, but we could be in a better position than this division. So I think the priority has to be to try and go up. But yeah, if we can bring in a, a few good young lads for, for the new academy team to develop, you can't see any problem there either. Um, and Jamie, uh, as we wrap up on on David Klaus, uh, something that I was really impressed by was his dedication to the women's team too. I know obviously the men's team's got a lot more reach, but I mean he goes to every single game. You got to think he's a he's a busy man during the week, but he dedicates every Saturday to the men's team, every Sunday to the women's team. I see him at every single game. Um, it's quite funny because yeah, you walk past him and you're like, you're right, David, how you doing? You know, he's the, the owner of Derby County and he's just chilling out at Michelover Sports to watch the women's team. Um, do you think it's hugely beneficial that he's involved himself in other teams other than the first team and really seems to show how much he cares? Yeah, exactly. He's, he he loves the club. He loves every facet of the club, whether that be the men's team, women's team, academy. He's also put in some really good stuff with the, the community projects as well. So he's a clubman. Um, and like I said before, you couldn't, wish for anybody better in in this position i think the fact that they've now brought the women's team into more farm as well is is massive so they're around and have access to those facilities and and who knows you know with with women's football at the moment it's it's booming um i'll I'll honestly say that i didn't watch any women's football before the the lionesses won the last major tournament and now i'm absolutely addicted to it i can tell you the starting lineup i could tell you how we could play and and uh, and different things like that so it, it's absolutely booming we're seeing participation levels um you know go through the roof at grassroots as well um and i think finally women's football is getting the the respect and and kind of the the limelight that it deserves and like I said before, if there is a situation where Derby can keep climbing up the ranks, then then fair play. If we can pack out Pride Park and see the women's team beat Forest, hopefully that would be nice because I'm not sure the next time we would play Forest in uh, on the men's side of things. But yeah, it's it's really good, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to see that that David Klaus is inclusive of of everyone under Derby County's kind of umbrella, as it were. Very good, very good. And and Adam, I mean, when you look at what Klaus has done, you know, we've talked about the women's team there. Um, the thing that he's doing for the men's team too. Um, we saw obviously the stadium, more farm, everything was in a little bit of disrepair. He's not just fixed all of that, he's you know, he's improved on that and built on that. Um, and when you look at it as a as a club, you know, we, you'd mentioned earlier, we don't know how long he'll be here. He's making changes, isn't he, that will last. And I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, can you see him making more changes and how long can you see him lasting? I think I think he is going to make little but effective changes over the coming times. Obviously, I know when he first came in, it was something as little as repainting some of the outside parts of the stadium, which really just it improves the look and professional side of, of Derby County Football Club, really, like you mentioned, with the women's team coming in to train at Moore Farm, I think. I think he's going to be here for another five years. I think after that, I could probably see him selling up, which is completely understandable with the the financial standpoint he is at, where he doesn't want to put all of his money in because he's not as rich as some of the other owners in the league. I think that's quite obvious and quite known to a lot of people. I think he's going to make subtle and little changes. We saw, with, like we've mentioned, uh, the academy director changing. That's a 
that's a big change and one that goes under the radar is in the next 10, 20 years of players that come through the door will be under that academy director's recruitment and understanding. So that's a big change for Derby County Football Club, but one that no one will notice until until those players come through and start performing on a first-team level. It's one of those things that you don't realise until it's already happened. So I think we will see some subtle changes from David Clowes, ones that will put us in good stead for the future. And I think he's almost putting it in good stead for when maybe we're five years down the line, hopefully in the championship, in a better position. And he's at a point where maybe he can look to sell the club to someone else who can take it to that next step. Yeah, and as you've, you've I guess, referred to there, he's planting seeds, isn't he? He's, he's starting to put things into motion and over time it'll grow, it'll bloom and hopefully whoever takes on from him eventually will have a, a really good foundation to build on, which I'm sure he'll leave. Right, enough about takeovers, enough about our saviour. We've got a very quick bit of, of transfer business to talk about. Uh, it's not Christian Bielik leaving. Uh, it's a certain striker that may have just become available on a free, uh, which a few people have asked us to speak about. Um, but before that, we've got another striker uh, because we've got a comment from Derby County Fan 32 who says, what are your opinions on Clark Harris as a potential option? I'm going to throw it out to both of you. What do you reckon? Adam? <laughs> I'll, I'll go. Um, I know a striker that Paul Warren's managed before at Rotherham, if I'm correct, when he was at Rotherham for a period of time. But would I like him at Derby? I'm not too sure, if I'm honest. I'm not sure how he'd fit into our style of play. I think he performs well at Peterborough. See, he's just one of those players that you always associate with the football club, isn't it? I think it's a little bit mm-hmm. difficult to imagine him not playing now. I know, like I mentioned, he played at Rotherham, but... He's just been so good at Peterborough. I think he will force a move, but I think he'd cost a lot of money. And that's why I'm not too favourable as that as an option. I know we're not going to be able to replace Dave McGoldrick without spending money. I don't really want to spend too much money on another 20 goal a season striker. We got very fortunate McGoldrick came on a free. Will we see a player of his technical ability again? Probably not for the next three or four years. He was so good. He was almost top end, bottom end. Top end championship, bottom end of the premiership ability. But Clark Harris, I just don't see him performing that well in the championship if we did go up. And I've talked about looking at short-term goals, but I just think it wouldn't be a cost-effective move for us. If I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't. I'm not his biggest fan, as you can probably tell from that. So probably no. not. It's a fair point. It's a fair point, though, because he is a player, you know, he's getting, I wouldn't say towards the end of his career, he's not that old, but he's, you know, he's he's sort of edging slightly past his prime now. He's obviously, he's still a terrific player, but the amount of money they'd want for him, as, as you said, um, he's always sort of flopped in the championship. He looks great at this level. Would he be a good option if he was cheap? Yeah, 100%. But if we'd have to pay a, a mountain of money, I just don't think it'd be worth it. I know it's ironic because we've just been talking about, you know, thinking short term and not long term. But I really think that would be incredibly short term thinking if we did that, as much as I like him as a player. But yes, yeah, so it's a good suggestion. But an even better suggestion is, yeah, man, who's just been released by QPR. He's scored, what, 77 goals for Derby in the past? Uh, he can't run, but he's pretty good at holding the ball up. Uh, Jamie, you know what I'm talking about. It's Chris Martin. What are your thoughts? I think we'll still be having this conversation in five years' time. I, I really do. <laughs> every time he comes available or every preseason, we think about him. Um, look, 
I think if he's if he's available, if it makes business sense, he's not probably going to be your starting number nine every every game. But bring him back. Come on, let's have some more fun <laughs> with the wardrobe. Honestly, the, the most complete striker that we've seen at the club in the last 10, 15 years, probably in my eyes since probably Raziak or someone like that. Um, I, absolutely, I absolutely love him. So I, the thing is, he will end up in League One, in my opinion. He will end up in League One and he probably will do quite well. And I think at that point, all Derby fans will be saying, oh, James Collins has scored eight goals. Chris Martin scored 12. Why didn't we go for him? And I, I understand probably from Paul Warren's idea, look, he's he's not going to tear, tear himself about for 90 minutes. But what he actually does do is win important flick-ons, important free kicks. He knows where the back of the net is. You find him in the right area, he will score you a goal. Um, I'm just a little bit worried about where he eventually ends up. And, and you know, if he does go to potentially a... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For example, if he went to a Bolton or a Pompey or someone that's in that top 10 picture, maybe he could fire that team into a top six place or maybe even a top two place. So I'm sure there's going to be quite a lot of suitors. I'd like our name to be in the conversation, but I just don't think it's probably going to happen. But I'd definitely have him over Connor Washington. I'm starting to think you don't like Connor Washington. <laughs> I don't like that rumour at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, we spoke about, I think I might have mentioned it last week or it might have been to you afterwards, but Connor Washington, we talked about him being in a front two. You know, he'd run rounds. I think if Chris Mike was in a front two, be that focal point, play off him. You've got two wing backs, a striker, an attacking midfielder running round him, making runs. Uh, me and my brother were watching earlier, actually, the the highlights from that Koku season uh, where it ended for COVID midway through. And you watch pretty much every goal. It'd be like, oh, Martin's played the flick on. Martin's laid him off. Martin scored the goal all the time. Like his goal involvements were crazy that season, especially considering, you know, we had players that we'd spent a lot of money on, the likes of Martin Waghorn playing up there as well. And, and Tom Lawrence and Chris Martin was up there at the top. So, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch and it seems he played a similar role for QPR so yeah you know I know Warren wouldn't want him so it's just again wishful thinking he can he can run can't it well he can't run sorry and Warren likes his players to run into the ground I don't think he's got that um Adam I know you love that man uh what what are your thoughts I'd, I'd drive into Derby myself if he wanted to come <laughs> um I think Paul Warren's thinking of players running themselves into the ground does work but I almost do think that sometimes you need those players who have the hold-up ability. Last season, I can give numerous examples where we were winning either 1-0 or we were drawing or even losing. 
and we were still playing the long balls forward or through balls in the 89th minute. And David McGoldrick's legs, they must have gone by then because he wasn't managing to get on the end of them. And that's when you need a player like Chris Mine to hold it up. And James Collins really isn't that player. He will, he is the player who'll run himself into the ground. He doesn't find the back of the net too much, but he will score 10, 12 goals a season, which will be important goals to win us points. But I think we need that dynamic. And I believe in Paul Warren to bring someone in like that. I think Martin would be great. Like Jamie said, he's probably going to end up in League One. I think if Bristol Rovers lose Aaron Collins, I could almost see him going there. You know, he's based almost down there around London and Bristol. So I could see him going there. I don't think he's going to end up at a top six club unless it's us. But I'd love Chris Martin back. I think he'd be a great addition. I think he'd he'd hit another 20 goals and E-I-E-I-E-I-O <laughs> up the football league. Ago. That's all I'd have to say. Worst bit is, if you did come back, he wouldn't be able to be number nine unless we ship James Collins off. Although that is a great reason <laughs> to, to get rid of Collins. But yeah, no, obviously it's not realistic. And I know there'll be people listening that will go, move on. And I, I completely understand, you know, he's in his mid-30s. He can't run. Um, he's not had the most incredible goal return in the championship. I mean, it's pretty solid, but it's not been amazing. But then again, you know, sometimes the heart wants what the heart wants and there's nothing you can do about that. So, yeah, I'm glad we're all on the same page, even if half the people that listen to this probably aren't. Um, and I guess one more thing before we look ahead to... Do we play Matlock this Saturday or next Saturday? I sound like a plastic now. Is it this Saturday? Yeah, okay, this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So we can look ahead to that, which is good. Um, one more thing. I just want to talk about Nathaniel Mendes Lang. He seems to be having the time of his life with Guatemala in the in the Gold Cup. Uh, set up the the only goal they've scored all tournament so far, um, and they've got a a crunch clash uh, next week with is it pronounced Guadeloupe? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not showing off Guadalupe. my French pronunciation. Not is it? Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they're the favourites to go through. Guatemala are the, the big challengers to get into that top two to qualify for the knockouts. So, yeah, best of luck to him. And have you seen the goal that he set up? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Is right? Yeah. Mendes yeah. Lang of old, that was. That was yeah. that was first half of the season, Mendes Lang there. But, the yeah, lengths the lengths, the lengths he'll go to to miss Paul Warren's pre-season training is, is pretty good, isn't it? You know, <laughs> going over and playing the Gold Cup. I think for me, when I saw it, I thought, oh, this is a... A, a bit of a rumour that probably will die down. And the next thing, he's he's overplaying there in, in the Gold Cup. And I guess, is it the case of we wanted the legs to keep going or did we want them to rest? I don't know. But the thing that I think is, obviously, with Ben Brereton diaz obviously getting his chilli call up, this is going to be a bit rogue. So I expect uh, people listening and you two to shake your head. But I think his career, after he got the call up, kind of you know went went upwards so maybe the confidence that he gets from winning the gold cup with guatemala he can bring back and uh, winning. <laughs> <laughs> winning the group maybe winning the group uh maybe he can come back and and put performances in for derby i, I think we all agree if we see the mendez lang that we saw before christmas um he's gonna he's gonna cause defenses problems and he's gonna be an asset to our team so yeah wish him all the best in over there but we want him back and we want him scoring and, and assisting as soon as possible really well when you think about it you know you can see why it give you confidence he's 
he's what early 30s his dream of playing international football was probably long gone he probably never thought he'd ever pull on an international jersey and then to pull on one that's so special and so important to him because of his grandma that must mean the world to him and you know what you spoke about Ben Burris and Diaz getting that boost from playing for Chile that boost must be amazing he must feel incredible at the minute especially now he's he's set up a goal as well you know, he's starting every single game. He's probably their star man. I was having a look through the squad and they pretty much all play in Guatemala. So he's, he's probably mm. their star man as well. So, you know, that feeling must be incredible. So, yeah, fair play to him. He wears Mendes on his back, doesn't he? Have you, have you seen that? So he's, he I think he's dropped, he's dropped uh, the other part of his name. So maybe he comes back and, and keeps that name similar. I don't know if um, Ben Briston Diaz had it on the back of his Blackburn shirt. Did he Did he put Diaz he's on the back? Diaz now. Did yeah, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll see that with Mendes Lang or, or Mendes. <laughs> no, I hope so. I hope so. Right, let's look ahead to our first preseason game. Uh, I didn't manage to get tickets for this. Did you, Adam? Did you manage to get any? Yeah, I got four. You got four? <laughs> wow, it's well, right. no, because it? yeah, well, it's <laughs> right. It's so it's me, and my parents, and it's my girlfriend's one year with me. So what a treat! Oh. What a treat! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I know what you mean I took uh, my girlfriend I know it's not a real but it was our six month anniversary we went to Barnsley away and neither oh. was on the coat and it was freezing <laughs> to be fair we won 3-0 but yeah nice. was, <laughs> yeah happy anniversary <laughs> uh, sounds good you looking forward to it yeah I've, I'm looking forward to it I think it'll be packed out I know it's sold out I think I think we're going to get to see a good game of football. Matt Little, pretty competitive last season. Just missed out on playoffs, one of the highest ever finishes, if I'm correct there. And um, yeah, I think we'll see see quite a good game of football for a pre-season for sure. Mm, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Jamie, what players are you looking forward to seeing the most? Well, I think all the new signings, but then I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who can potentially break through from the under 20... Is it under 20? I always forget. Is it it's it's 21 under 21 now. 21, it's changed isn't back, it? hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I always... Playing football manager when I was playing, it was always under 23s. But yeah, from the under 21s, obviously got Robinson, got Max Bardell. We've obviously got Quacko Adoro as well, who you know performed well last pre-season, put in a good game against Bradford, but then you know wasn't part of any plans moving forward. So I think at this time, I look for those players to see if they've been able to develop enough to be able to be competitive um, within this squad. I don't imagine we've got any trialists. We've not heard of any trialists, but potentially there will be a trialist on the, the bench or on the pitch at some point over the course of these pre-season games. So that's always good. And you always go on Twitter and someone will be tweeting, oh yeah, that player is whoever who used to play for whoever and that's always quite fun but I think really the reason for pre-season is just to get minutes in legs I'm expecting the intensity to be good I think what Warner want to do is is put minutes in legs um, and put the length in legs for for the season so yeah I'm not really too bothered about results I think as long as we can get through pre-season with no serious injuries and uh and all enjoying things ready to go on day one then that's that's good enough for me good stuff yeah i agree on on the younger players i know it's max bardell and darren robinson isn't it that are, are training with the first team and i still can't believe we've got a youth player called darren it, it kills me every single time honestly um 
We need a Gary next. <laughs> That's next on the list. Um, Adam, what about you? Who are you looking forward to seeing the most? After the first preseason last year, I couldn't sing Adoro's praises highly enough. I thought he looked great for a youth player to come in and play his first men's game in a, a trialist scenario. I thought he looked great. I've seen him in a couple of cup games last season during the actual league season in the cup. He just looked completely out of it. Didn't look ready. And then I managed to go to one reserve game last year. And to put it sweetly, they got battered by West Brom. Mm. And that was towards the back end of the season. Dan Robinson looked the most complete play, the most physical. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him come out because I think this will be hopefully a bit of a breakthrough season, a couple more first team appearances for him, a couple more appearances in the court because I think he looks physically strong enough. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him against Matlock. I think we'll do the classic, a strong team in the first half and then swap it for maybe some of the players will be starting on the bench next season and a, and a couple of young lads. But I'm rooting for Adoro. I really hope he has a great breakthrough season because he looked amazing mm. at Bradford. And I'm just saying my 10 years being season tick holder, I've never seen a player have that good of a first game. I just don't know what it was. He must have knew that if he played well, he'd, he'd get something. But then he just didn't work out for him in terms of the league game. So I'm hoping he comes out against Matlock and puts in a great performance and maybe we can see him a couple more times in the first team next season. Yeah, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And I remember that game as well because I think Wildsmith played like the biggest donkey I'd ever seen uh, in goal and then turned out to be pretty brilliant. Um, so yeah, I think him and him and Kwaku swapped, didn't they? Pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think I think the likes of Kwaku. I tell you what, I think it might benefit him if we play a back three as well, because if he's playing as a wing back, he'll get exposed far less. So yeah, I can see that being a, a bit of a benefit. Um, I guess we usually do score predictions, don't we? I feel like that's pretty redundant for a, a preseason game against a non-league team <laughs> playing the youth players. Um, but we might as well do it anyway. Uh, I'll go, what, a 4-3 derby. Uh, Jamie, what do you reckon? I reckon 3-0 derby. I want your goal reckon... scorers as well. <laughs> yeah, I reckon James Collins hat trick and everyone's going to get on the James as Vic would say everyone's going to be on the James Collins hype train which do you know what <laughs> this season I'm well and truly up for backing James Collins 100% I know on Twitter um, and on uh, other forms of social media he doesn't get as much love as he probably deserves um, but yeah I'm, I'm massively behind James Collins this year as our number nine Good stuff. Uh, that's a horrible thought. Right, Adam, next. Um, what's what's your sc score prediction? Who's the um, scores? I'll go 2-1 Derby. Trialist Chris Martin. First goal penalty. <laughs> Lovely. And then trialist number two, Tom Ince on loan. <laughs> and then, if I'm correct, a small little fact. I'm not sure if he still plays in goal for Matlock, but Matlock had the former Derby County third-choice keeper. From thirteen fourteen, I've completely forgotten his name, which really Saldini. annoys me. Yeah, Saldini plays in goal for Matlock. <laughs> um, that maybe he'll score from his own box, maybe. But um, no, Matlock have a few tidy players. I'm sure it will be a pretty good game. 
Mm. Or he'll get sent off within 30 seconds like he did uh, on his on his league debut for us. So <laughs> I can't believe I got that as well straight away. The second you said third choice keeper, I was like, it's Saldini. <laughs> yeah, it shocked me when I went to watch him as well and he was there. But, but no, a little Easter egg for everybody listening. It is. It is. Yeah, I've, I've realised I didn't name my goal scorers. I've got to try and name four. Um, I don't know. James Collins will score two because it's his level. And then, oh, I don't know, who's actually back? Joe Ward header uh, at the back <laughs> post. Um, and then Curtis Nelson, corner's going to go in, keeper's going to punch it into Nelson's head and it'll go to the bottom corner. So, yeah, that's my prediction. If it comes true, uh, I'll be quite worried. <laughs> a bit of an off-the-cuff one, but is there one trialist any of you two would like to see? You may have mentioned him already. <laughs> Chris Martin. <laughs> Chris Martin. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I would like... I, I know we spoke about it in the, um, the the podcast that we did about signing players and who we, who'd be on our list. And I'd love to have someone from, like, Finland or Norway or Eastern Europe who nobody knows... But just comes in. Similar, do you remember um, Valentino Guacac? Have I said his name correctly there? Oh, Maybe no, I always team. said Jockey which is clearly yeah. not right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think the uh, the Derby fans at pre-season were singing something about him being a Swiss guy or something like that. But I want one of them moments again. You know, someone brought in that nobody really knows too much about, and it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Yeah, that's what that's what I want. <laughs> Bring back C1 Cambo. That's what I reckon. He's, he's right the back. type of player we need. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Right. Is there anything else to talk about? I'm just frantically checking my talk about list. We've got favourite preseason games if you've got one. Um, what would mine be? We've had some good ones. I, I didn't. I wish I went. That that Kaiser Slatten away game looked pretty solid. Um Villarreal at home, that was pretty good. Uh, Real Betis at home, when we made them look really average, and then they went and like did really well in La Liga. That was a, a good one as well. Um, have you guys got any personal favourites? I think Are for me, still... oh, sorry, Adam. you go, Jamie. Oh. You go, Jamie. <laughs> you go. Age, age over beauty. Um, I'd say the Ted McMinn. Rangers oh, yeah. testimonial probably yeah will always be my favourite and I don't think you'll you'll get anything close to that. <laughs> Obviously, I was hoping that the uh, the Craig Forsyth testimonial was going to be something similar. However, it's not. I think that potential will go down as the worst preseason game ever. But yeah, um, in with the Rangers fans uh, on the pitch at the end, the linesman having the big Rangers flag. Um, Calling off sides with that was pretty funny, but yeah, that was a, that was a special day. Good stuff, Adam. Oh, I think you reminded me of Rangers now. <laughs> when I went Rangers away to Ibrox a couple of years ago under Kaku, probably the only time we're going to get to go to Rangers, unless we get in <laughs> Europe. But I don't know how far. <laughs> I don't know how far David Klaus has got a business plan ready for that. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to wait and see about that one. <laughs> No, I think I think we might have to wait a, a little while longer. Um, I've just remembered Burton away in the cocky season, and we lifted the Bass Charity Vars. But I went with my brother, um, and we were talking about, and we had Bennett. I can't remember. It's Bennett Josephson and 
and Anya, I think it might have been actually. And we were like, oh, it's the fluid three. They're going to win us the league. And I don't think they got a single goal between the three of them all season. Um, and Mason Bennett missed for about three yards and went crashing into the back of the net as well. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, anything else, lads? Anything exciting you want to talk about? Jamie, I know you had some ideas that I completely ignored. Is there, is there anything you want to say? Don't think so. Just like the like the chap said earlier, up the Rams. I think it's uh it's gonna be a really good season. We're we're building some really good things on and off the pitch. I think for me, the most important signing from here on out is a striker. We need goals mm. in this team. We've we've not got goals at the moment, in my opinion. So interesting to see who that player is. I imagine they're probably not far away because Paul Warren will want them in uh to to kind of incorporate over these these uh, preseason games and to get them going. So yeah, uh, hoping that we can we can get that player in the door as a natural number nine. Yep, completely agree. Completely agree. Right. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's listened. Uh, it's been another great episode. I'm sure you've really, really enjoyed it, or at least I hope you have. Uh, Jamie's doing finger guns at the camera. So if you did enjoy it, you've now stopped. Um, if, if you did enjoy the episode, please feel free to check out some of the previous ones we've done. We've done a lot of talking about transfers and, and things like that in previous apps. You can catch all of them in audio format on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that does podcasts, really. And you can check them out on video on YouTube and Twitter. So both of them are at Rams Talk Pod. Um, if you did enjoy, please do give us a rating as long as it's five stars. That'd be very generous. Uh, we've had a few really good ones recently and we've really, really appreciated it. Um, you know, we do this to to hopefully make you guys have a, have a bit more fun over the preseason break. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really great. So thank you very much to everyone who's listened and thank you very much, lads, for having a nice chat. Cheers, Jake. Cheers, Jake. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.